The reading this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and we're reading from chapter 6, from verse 10, and if you want the number in the Church Bibles, it's page 1177. The Armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. But I may not. And I don't know how long ago well, I think I know how long ago I preached, which you probably won't remember, but you will remember the day that Lady Diana Spencer, the Princess of Wales, died, and I think that was the last day I preached in Christchurch. So, I'm now grey-haired, and I want you to know that in spirit and in truth, this is a very appropriate sign to put on the pulpit. Now, several of you here have degrees, don't you? Several of you have been to university. I haven't had that privilege. But I do know that in the class that I am currently in, which is a discipleship training school, um, there is no graduation this side of eternity. And I think you're probably in that class too, which is why you are here. And when John started this morning, he was talking about the armour of God and as I look round at all of you, I cannot see a single helmet of salvation. I can't see a breastplate or a shield, but I can see a few swords. Anybody got a sword in their hand? Yeah, you have. You know what I'm talking about. So where is your armor? Where is it this morning? I know, I think I've got mine on. 
But I'm not wearing it on the outside, it's on the inside, isn't it? Our armor is on the inside. But I also think that maybe in the spiritual realm, which is all around us, those heavenlies that Paul talks about, I know some people who can see into that realm on a regular basis. And I wonder if they walked in here, what they would see when they saw you. And frankly, I know that if I come down here, I am walking among giants. That's you lot. You are giants in the faith. We have the privilege to have Elizabeth Crossland here this morning. I know Elizabeth is one of those giants. And all of you are giants. How do I know that? Because I have been on the recipients of your prayers and your love for a very long time. And that is a great privilege. So this morning, what can I say to you about the armour of God? Because you are practised warriors. Are you not? Yes, you are. You are an incredible bunch of people. And I'm really sorry that there are some people who are not here this morning to hear those words. So when Paul talks about being strengthened in our inner being by the Lord himself, how can we do that? Well, this morning I was up a little bit early, earlier than I am accustomed to, and earlier than I would desire normally, but that's how it was. But I waited. I waited for somebody else to wake up. And then, what did we do? We had breakfast. How many of you had breakfast this morning? Yeah, breakfast is good. I like breakfast. Breakfast is an essential part of my day, as is lunch and is supper. And if I don't eat those meals, I start to get rather hungry, my stomach rumbles, and I become faint. So how do you feed your spirits to stay strong? Well, I'm pretty sure, as you waved your swords at me this morning, you read this regularly, don't you? And what do you do with what you read? How does that affect your innermost being? How does that strengthen you in the Lord? And I expect if we had each one of you up here to ask how you did that, there would be some repetition, some familiar things that would come out, and maybe one or two of you would have uh, maybe something a little bit different. I was sitting down there this morning and my eyes went to the flowers. I love the flowers. I can eat off flowers, not by eating them physically, but by looking at them and letting them minister to my spirit. Because those flowers created by God and looking at them provokes me to worship him. I strengthen myself by looking at creation. Some of it's out there that I've never seen anybody do anything to and some of it is in here where some very lovely person with great skill has arranged them to minister to us. Very often the flowers minister to me and strengthen me. I wonder if that's what Paul is talking about. And now you're going to have to wait because I need to open the page and remind myself, what is it I'm doing here? The reason for putting on our armour in our innermost being and strengthening ourselves, Paul clearly tells us, is so that we can stand. 
we can stand against all the wiles of the enemy. How many of you, I wonder, have been to Buckingham Palace and seen the guard standing on guard? I think there's usually two of them, at least, outside Buckingham Palace. They're very still, they're very upright, and they are very alert. They don't miss a trick, I am sure of that. They don't move much. Every now and then they walk across the gates. They're guarding the gates, but they're standing. And as you may remember, there's probably, I think it may be Habakkuk who talks about standing and watching and waiting. To stand is actually an active position. And many of you have been standing and waiting and watching for a long time. And some of the things you've been desiring have come to pass. And you have stood your ground against the enemy. And what is it, I wonder, that motivates you to keep standing? You're in, you're out sometimes. Well, I'm going to leap ahead. I think it's a lot to do with that helmet you have on in here. It's the hope of salvation. I expect some of you have had some great disappointments in your waiting through your lives. We all have to deal with disappointment. It's not a very nice thing. It's a very difficult thing to deal with. But those of you that have stood with disappointment, somehow you're still standing, aren't you? We learn how to deal with disappointment through a couple of things. One of them is our friend God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the other thing is one another. Because the reason you and I have been created is for relationship. Relationship with God and with one another. That's what he's made us for. Nothing on the earth is more valuable than relationship. And where do we have some of the greatest strife and difficulties and challenges in our lives? It's relationship, isn't it? Relationship with one another. Especially difficult ones. Very difficult to overcome. And where do those challenges come from? Well, I think they come from sometimes within us. Very often there are things going on around us in that spiritual realm that mostly we have no awareness of that really do come against us. And that's when we have to stand. And sometimes it's those times when you're very aware of that shield in your hand, isn't it? You're aware of what is coming and you say, no, not on my watch. Don't you come here. We stand our ground. We say, no, snapping it off. And sometimes we get taken unawares and maybe we snap at somebody. And it's not very nice. And then we have to do, you know, you have to restore that relationship where there's break, breakage. The enemy wants to come and destroy our relationships, destroy our relationship with God, destroy our relationship with one another. We stand ground and we remember that God is. One of the beautiful aspects of this little passage right at the end of Ephesians is it does, it comes at the end of Ephesians and it's a summary really of everything that Paul has been talking about. And if you want, if you're feeling a bit weak this morning and you want to strengthen yourself, I would say just go back to chapter one 
in those first few verses at the start of verse 3, when he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Past tense. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on with a list of all those fantastic blessings about being adopted, having an inheritance, grace poured out on us. It's phenomenal. Strengthen yourself reading the word. The word is a sword. Strengthen yourself in the word. And when you've strengthened yourself, like maybe when you've had a good meal, you want to talk about it. Share what you have received with someone else. Because when we share, we're not boasting, we're sharing because we're so so excited. And we want to hear maybe what the other person has got to say. One of the benefits in my life, as I'm sure you can imagine, is Mr. Martin Goodchild. Because he thinks quite differently to the way that I think. And I need to hear what he has to say. And I have to stretch my brain to take on board what he's saying, even though I think I've got the complete truth and nothing else is going to really add to it. But I need to open my hand and listen. What's he got to say? I need to weigh it up. There's all sorts of things that we can do to strengthen ourselves and strengthen that armour, isn't there? For the sake of our relationships for the sake of standing ground for the next 30, 40, 50 years, or maybe less. Because the enemy is prowling around. And even though we live in a very comfortable world in this country, we don't live in a desert necessarily, we live with lots of rain and storms, but there are things going on that are very surreptitious that would say, no, your God is not. Jesus Christ is not. People don't want to hear the name of Jesus on the street, particularly these days. But we need to grow stronger in what we believe and why we believe it. Not because we want to beat others up, but because we want to maintain that relationship with God, with others, so that we can benefit others in that context. And some people we have relationship don't know God. And we want to benefit and bless them too for his glory. So all sorts of things going on in this passage for thinking about, aren't there? And I think, how long have I got, John? Sorry? How long I've got? I forgot to look at the clock. You're all right. All right. I was going to say, I could go on for a very long time, but I know that you might get bored and there is communion, so there's food coming. What's that, Brian? No, no, no. I'm out, I'm out of practice. Definitely out of practice. Mm. Yeah, when he's talked about all these bits of armour, by the way, I love the bit that he talks about the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. We, um, thinking about things that are quite dark at the moment, we were reminded of the fact that somebody wants to put forward a bill to bring in assisted suicide into this country. And uh, that is a very dark moment coming up for us, I think, to be praying for light and truth, that we can all die in the time that the Lord has for us to die. And that's not an easy thing to wrestle with, is it? 
because I like that Paul puts the gospel of peace because then he goes on to talk about being in chains. How can a man who's in chains talk about the gospel of peace, I wonder? Interesting thought. Is it the gospel of peace or the gospel of suffering or the gospel of both? I wonder what you'd have to say about that. So I think I've touched on really how you can take care of your armour. You see, in the Roman army, they looked after their armour. Their army, their, I say the Roman army because that's the image that Paul had in his mind when he talked about armour. People were familiar with that concept. We don't see people walking around in armour today. Usually if it's the riot police who are out, we can see shields and helmets and boots and buttons. But it's not easy to grasp a hold of what a significant, powerful image that was for those first readers. So the Romans had to look after their armour. So it was ready for every battle they were suddenly called to. Or any riot on the streets that they had to be there for. So look after your faith. Affirm your faith. Think about what is it to have hope. Not a hope deferred where the heart grows sick, but a hope that is going definitely to be fulfilled when Jesus comes again, or we go to meet with him before he comes back. Our hope is very, very important. There have been certain things that I've been wrestling and praying for for many years that I haven't seen fulfilled yet. And I do get a bit fed up sometimes. I think, come on, Lord, when are you going to do this? And often the refrain can be, well, Susie, my ways are not yours. My uh, <coughs> timing is not yours. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. So that's sometimes a time when I start declaring hope over situations where there doesn't seem to be hope. Because the hope is real. The hope is eternal. And the hope is our salvation. And it's the hope for many people who haven't yet received it yet. So faith and hope. And keep not just talking about the gospel, but live the gospel in such a way that if you happen to tell somebody you're a Christian, they would know it already, somehow. And your breastplate of righteousness. I love the fact that it's a breastplate because it makes me think of my heart and guarding my heart. Guard your hearts. Guard your hearts from what you watch on television or listen to on the radio. Guard your hearts with what you read in the newspaper. And if you think I might be a bit over the top, stop reading the paper or stop watching the TV for a year or so and then switch it on. You'll be very shocked. You'd be very shocked. It gets to be a bit like a detox. I've actually never owned a television in my life. And now we have a computer. I can watch iPlayer. I'm very selective about what I watch. And I love the off button. It's a very good button to use. Use it more. So there we are. We've thought about our armour. We've thought about the reality of spiritual warfare, which sometimes is very subtle sometimes is very in our face. We thought about relationship in the context of all warfare and guarding our relationships, looking after them, working at them, being patient with them. And I would say that as long as you have the word with you, 
and keep in the word and keep talking about the word with others, you will keep growing because you will never, ever get to the end of learning about God or learning about what he's actually said in one sentence. His word is unfathomable. It's very powerful. As you know, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's there for our instruction, our training, our help, our guide. And in all the mix of that is the wonderful Holy Spirit. And as you know, Martin and I have worked on this school of the word and the spirit for a few years. Don't ever separate the two. A heavenly divorce is not on God's agenda. So use the two. Be aware of the Holy Spirit with you as you read the word. Because he was the one that was there when Paul was writing. Or Moses or Habakkuk or any of the others. Cultivate his presence. Practice his presence. I don't have very strong muscles. I'm not very great at lifting. I use Martin to lift. But what about your spiritual muscles? How are they doing? I think mine could do with a little bit of a spruce up, a bit of a workout. I want to encourage you because you are such extraordinary people. And I want to encourage you to press on and to keep going. Partly for selfish reasons, because you are my inspiration but partly for his glory as well, which is far more important, and ultimately as well for the benefit of others. Whether they know it or not, they will benefit from your life, your standing ground in the heavenly realms, and your love and passion for the word and the spirit and the heart of the Father for you. May you be blessed. May you be blessed. And may you be refreshed as you read back through Ephesians. Maybe try it in a different version, like the message. Maybe get a different perspective. I like using about two or three versions, and the NIV isn't one of them, actually. But I like diversity. I like fresh perspective. And if you're getting a bit stale or a bit bored, pick up a different version. Or ask somebody you've never asked before, What did they think about that when they read it once upon a time? Keep communicating, communications open. As you probably know, in the midst of any battle, communication is a little bit difficult. So practice communicating with him and with one another. Don't give up. Press on by his grace. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit rests on us by your grace. And Lord, I thank you for these very precious people that you know so well. And Lord, I ask for this moment that you would just drop encouragement into their hearts. And please inspire them afresh in a way that just suits who they are. And Lord, may they walk out taller than when they came in. 
because you are the lifter of our heads and you are the lover of our souls. And we bless your holy name for your living word and your beautiful Holy Spirit. Amen.